Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Do you remember when the internet was fun? Me either, but for the purposes of this, let's just pretend. So after all these years of blocking annoying dickheads or only following fitties, heavily curating my feed, might I add, apparently it was all for nothing, because now any Tom, Dick or Harry styles can subject me to their real story or tickety-tock. If I have to see another fucking prick with a manicure, roast a garlic or scratch a bit of toast with a knife to try and seduce me, I think I'm going to fucking throw my phone out the window and film it. Uh, that will probably go viral as well, knowing these cunts. Also, don't want to get old online. And when I say old, I mean over 35. Because nothing feels more affirming than adverts for erectile dysfunction, hair loss and colostomy bags in between all of this. FYI, PSA, I do not need to see your dry ass meal prep, what you wore to brunch, or why you think you've revolutionised lifting weights. Get me back to the days of thirst traps, stalking your ex and hoping to see they're deeply unhappy. Because I tell you what, they were far simpler times. After the tone, after the tone, leave your message after the tone. Oh, hello, welcome back. Me again, simply here to annoy you. And I tell you what, let's throw ourselves into business because I am fucking bored, week in, week out, sitting here trying to fucking explain it to you. It is not that fucking complicated, okay? And if you haven't got it by now, fuck off to another fucking podcast, okay? Because I am up to here with it, okay? Thank you very much. This week on the show, pour yourself something nice because we are serving toast toppers, fags and flakes and feelings of alienation. Oh, for God's sake. Tim, must you let in all these people who are manic to press people bringing down the mood? I'm trying to be cheery over here. Okay, none of this Debbie Downer business. I tell you what, if there are more fucking calls about gravy, I'm going to do a live dirty protest. Don't hold me to that because it's actually quite expensive equipment. Now, <laughs> we need a favour from you lot, actually, because unlike other podcasts that rely on people who've been on awful reality television programmes to appear and, you know, then share it with their thousands of followers, we unfortunately rely on you. <laughs> We rely on you to, like, share the pub with your friends. So do us a favour. Give us a share on your Instagram or your notice board at work. Throw us into the group chat or tell your pals over a brew because the more, the merrier. And we could do with a bit more merrier around here, can we? <laughs> oh, Debbie's just saying into my ear, hurry the fuck up. Uh, De- Debbie, that is... How 
dare you to be? I treat you with the utmost respect, week in, week out. <gasps> she just said to me in my ear, hurry up, you fat cunt. Oh, well, the true colours are shining now, girl, wouldn't they? Scotty, what the fuck was your description for 99? Absolutely doesn't have a popsicle in it, or whatever you were saying. It's just a whippy, or Mr Soft, or whatever you call it, softy, ice creamy thing, with a flake. Cadbury's flake. Occasionally people put a little fudge stick in, but that's not right. But yeah, just a flake, not a popsicle. I do worry. Oh, excuse me, who, asked, who said this was a fucking consultation? Nah, if you want to do a little fucking rewind, all right, back the fuck up, bitch. If you want to do a little rewind, you'll hear I'm actually describing what's known as a Popeye. Okay, a Popeye. I was describing a Popeye. I know what a fucking flake is. Don't you fucking come round here and start telling me what I don't know and do know about fucking ice creams. Because I'll tell you what, I'll take my fucking earrings off and we'll have it at. No, you're right. When I did listen back to the episode, it does sound like I am explaining a 99. But actually, I was actually trying to describe a Popeye, which is a whippy with a popsicle shoved in it. So you're wrong and you're right, but you're wrong. All right. Don't fucking come in here telling me what's what. Whose fucking pub is it? Hello after the tone crew, everyone in the pub. And hello, Scotty. Hi. It's Miss Annabelle Sings. I thought I'd uh, I thought I'd say hello again because, you know, I was, I was saying hello last, uh, as I say, last term. <laughs> last term, I was saying hi. So I thought I'd just come in because you unlocked a memory drawer and I also thought I must, I must share. I'm sitting on the beach. I'm chomping my way through a 99 with a flake. Fucking three quid. Three quid now. And they take card. They don't even call it a 99 anymore. Bastards. Anyway. You unlocked a memory drawer talking about Finder's Crispy Pancakes, which are still around. I had one not that long ago thinking, mm, hello, hello, nostalgia trip. And it was the most fucking awful thing I'd eaten in many a year. I think it's because they removed all the e-numbers. Awful. Awful now. Who remembers toast toppers? Now, you have to be an 80s, 90s kid for toast toppers, I think. We always used to get the mushroom one. I say we, I had no choice. We'd get the mushroom one and we'd have it for our tea. A little slice of cheapest white bread. Slop on the uh, the sickening coloured toast topper. It was still in its raw state. And pop it under the grill. And it wouldn't really cook. The centre would never cook. It would just develop a thick foot-like skin <laughs> along the top of it. And then the inside was generally cold. So that was nice. Why did we eat that shit? By the way, I fucking love gravy. And anyone who will have a bad word said against gravy, just come around my house and we'll have a word. I ate a lot of gravy at uni. It was cheap, it was cheerful, and it went great on toast. I just took a lot of, ec- lot of ecstasy, so that says everything. Anyway, bye. Hope you're all well, and I'm so glad you're back. Well, I don't mind coming around your house, Miss Annabelle Sings, and fucking having a word with you, because you know my thoughts about fucking gravy. Gravy on toast. Also, when you said you ate gravy, do people... No, I am being deadly serious when I say this. Are people having gravy as a a meal? Now, I know we live in a very dystopian world within the UK where, and I'm I'm, I'm sort of talking people with choice, okay? Are you eating gravy on, is that a thing? Have I like missed a chapter? Was I not in school for that day of home economics when they were saying, and now we're going to do gravy on toast? Because it sounds alien to me. Anyway, 
I love this being referred to as school term. <laughs> it's it's true because I tell you what, episode one of every season, I don't know how to write my show notes. I've forgotten how to do everything. You know, like when you go back into school and you try to pick up a pen, and you're like, I have no idea who I am. I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> Three pound for a ninety-nine. Now, context, listeners, a ninety-nine was called a ninety-nine because it was ninety-nine p, ninety-nine cents for our people who are listening over the way. Ninety-nine p, three pounds. Fucking stay like rubber, isn't it? You got me thinking, Miss Annabelle Sings. Wouldn't it be lovely to go to a restaurant that sole concept was doing like shit freezer food? that you used to have as a kid. I used to love those toast toppers. And you're right. With You could have those in the oven for a good four hours and they would still, they would, they would still be frozen. How is that a thing? I'm trying to think of other, like, nostalgic frozen shite, basically, <laughs> that used to feel, like, really exotic. I know we covered the pancake and um, that weird crumb that was sort of over everything. I was thinking there about, you know, you used to get, like, battered fish that was frozen. And it just, I mean, it didn't resemble anything that you got in a chippy in the slightest. Um, in my parents' fridge, freezer because they were, like, from the 70s, um, there was always, like, two brands of lollies in, and they were a feast or a fab. I'll tell you what, I cannot abide either of those. Everybody, get on the blower. Let me know what you would want on this curated restaurant of shit frozen food, because it's making me feel very nostalgic and warm inside. All right, Scotty and um, Tim Catamire. Hello. I haven't given myself a name yet, although this is like the fifth time I've phoned in now, so I should give myself one. I've been talking about coming out as bisexual, so I don't know. (laughs) Something along those lines. Find me a name, Scotty. (laughs) Christ. I'm listening to the latest podcast um, from you guys, and I had to interrupt to send this because you're going on about how great Americans do ice cream, popping it in liquid chocolate, putting juice inside I think you mean like caramel but whatever (laughs) but you seem to have forgotten about ice magic remember ice magic or is it magic ice anyway still available in Iceland everyone not the country the shop you got your ice cream it's very popular in the 80s you got your ice cream vanilla usually raspberry ripple if you're a bit posh very posh actually then you put the ice magic on and it hardens it made like that hard shell and then we all got very excited and like cracked it open that's better than anything the yanks can do don't downplay our ice cream also, you just mentioned about getting fags from the ice cream van. <laughs> and we did have that at our school, the ice cream man. <laughs> we used to go um, out the back gate into the field and uh, you could, yeah, get an ice cream or you could just buy single Super Kings because, you know, well, that's the choice when you, <laughs> when you live in Essex. Beautiful. I forgot producer Deb. I'm so sorry. I knew something was missing. It's early. Mwah. Oh, hello. Um, Fifth time around Essex person. (laughs) We've got, we will find you a name because we can't call you Magic Ice Cream. (laughs) Now, listen, I just want to say, I think things on the other side, I mean, not dead people. (laughs) Like, you know, grass is always greener, right? And I think when you go, you know, you go away and someone gives you a coffee and you're like, well, I'll tell you what, this is the best coffee I've ever had. (laughs) And they literally just made it out of a, like, shitty 
machine, do you know what I mean, in the corner. Same thing. But there's just something about it feeling foreign. You know, there's the, the allure of foreign. I wonder if we've got any American friends who are listening to this who are thinking... Oh, actually, magic ice cream ice juice sounds really nice, you know. And I guess that's what I'm alluding to. Like, I'm not damn playing the ice cream of the United Kingdom. Because I'll tell you what, it is a piece of shit in comparison to ice cream back home in Ireland. Because I'll tell you, what, I remember the first time consciously having Irish ice cream and just thinking, why don't we live here? <laughs> it was just the most creamy, milky, deliciousy gorgeousness. And in comparison to what you get out of a ice cream van that's actually predominantly making money out of fags and razmags, because that's the other thing. We could, oh, we could get hooch. We could get under the counter alco pops. Oh, we could get it all. Dirty magazines, cigarettes, and um, cheap alcohol. Do you remember 2020? Oh my God. I think they still sell it. I mean, I don't know what it's made from or how it's made, but I'll tell you what, something that's day glow yellow and comes out day glow yellow, I'm saying that's probably not the best for you. <laughs> All right, fifth time round bisexual ice cream person. Next time you call in, we're going to have you a name. Hi, Scotty and Tim and Maya and the wonderful producer Deb. I hope there's some background noise in this. You said you wanted some background noise, but I might have those headphones that cancel that out. Side note, let's hope. Oh, some more juicy noise. Um, I just wanted to come on and say that I will not be baited on social media in the Great Gravy debate. Everybody knows that gravy is amazing. And, you know, whether that be the granules from the jar or, you know, the posh chef kind, gravy is amazing. End of sending lots of love to everybody also thanks for the the tips on the old summer and chafing i'm now a high-waisted trouser girly so yeah take care speak soon oh this is mandy by the way bye Oh, gorgeous to have you back, Mandy, by the way. I love the sand picture. Someone's like cutting down a tree in the background because I'll tell you what, what we need in this planet, which is slowly getting hot enough that we're actually slow cooking like a toast topper like Miss Annabelle Singh was talking about. We need to chop down some things, don't we? <laughs> Just to accelerate that process. Now, Mandy, very controversially, people I just, do you know what? I'm sort of loathed to response to it, because I don't want this to become the gravy season, because if it does, oh god, I don't know what I'm going to do, because there's only so much I can talk about fucking gravy. I feel that people just make it wrong. Okay, I'm going to come clean. I don't mind a little bit of gravy. I said that in the northern way that they say little. It's really annoying that they say that. They say hospital and buckle as well. I don't understand why. They just do. If you make it with the meat juices, then I think that's gravy, right? But it just needs to be thick and in small proportions. I also don't need it with chips. Anyway, we're covering old ground. Mandy, it's lovely to have you here. And I'm glad you've like picked up on the high-waisted trouser chafferage. Because that is, I mean, that's one way of getting around it where you don't have to use all of those bits and bobs that they tell you that you have to use. If there are any other fat survival tips for this weather, I mean, I say this weather, I'm currently looking out on Manchester where it's been pissing down with rain for the last 12 hours. So, I mean, a raincoat might be one of the tips. Hi, Scotty and the gang. First time caller, long time listener. Don't really know where to begin this one. So basically, I come from quite a poor, traumatic household. Grew up in a really 
tough environment and a rough estate in Greater Manchester. Moved um, when my parents divorced when I started high school. Moved from hostels to refugees to rented accommodation, no more than six months at a time. Ended up leaving home when I was 16, straight into an abusive relationship, got pregnant straight away. Fast forward a couple of decades, raised my children. Again, ended up in um, private rented accommodation, social housing, just no real stability, worked retail jobs just to get by. And again, fast forward another 10 years and my life is completely different. So I've got a really secure career path that I'm good at, despite any formal education with prospects. Not well paid, but I'm good at it. Um, that's positive. Finally, fairly financially comfortable, not well off, but I can cover my bills and not rely on other people. Um, in a really happy, healthy relationship. And the biggest one is that I've just bought my own home. Something I never thought possible and something that I've probably craved throughout the years. That's been my main driver for a long time, finally bought. So I've got this nice three-bed detached house in the suburbs, cul-de-sac, with my middle class, probably quite Tory neighbours. I just feel disconnected at the moment. I've got everything that I ever wanted. And then I just feel lost. I don't know what it is. I think lockdown, I isolated myself mentally and physically for quite a long time. Lost touch with a lot of friends who moved away, had children. Their life changed. We just lost touch. Um, I'm seeking solace in things like your podcast and the listeners and people on social media. But I don't know how to connect with people anymore. I'm worried that I'm, you know, my lifestyle now makes me a bit of an outsider. You know, my heart's with the creatives, the honest people. Um, I can't stand all the corporate bullshit or the middle class nonsense, but I don't fit there either. I just, I don't know where my place is anymore. You know, again, my children are adults with their own lives, my focus. I'm just floating. I don't know where I belong anymore. So yeah, um, nice miserable voice note for you. <laughs> Any advice or observation um, is welcome. Thank you. Oh, bless you. Well, can I just say that I didn't listen to that feeling like that was a depressing voice note, actually. First off, let me do the admin. First time caller, long time listener. God, that got, that's got quite something, isn't it? I don't know where that came from. When I listened to that, I thought, fucking good on you. Fucking good on you. And I felt like, oh, I just wanted to give you a massive cuddle and say, fucking survival's hard graft, isn't it? Now, long-time listeners will know that this story that this person has presented is by no means a million miles away from my own. And that's not to detract from your experience, lovely person, or to say, you know, like, it, it wasn't difficult or, you know, etc. But it's just to kind of reach out and be like, oh, 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 there is so much in this that I was going, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I love conversations with other people who come from similar backgrounds to me because there's a shorthand. There are things that don't need to be said that but that are always explicit. And I find it really interesting when I try to have these conversations with people who come from a very different, removed upbringing who just don't, like they can't fathom they can't fathom the idea of being a child and being homeless you know like wild um there's so much I want to go into in here but first off I just want to say I'm glad that you survived because survival is really fucking difficult and it is labor and it is labor intensive and the effects of those periods in your life they do remain with you and stay with you so you might have got the gaff and security and joy it sounds like 
But those things are still there, aren't they? You know, those formative experiences, they stay with me. I made a piece which is... um it's currently up in the Whitworth Gallery in Manchester. And it's about like the legacy of poverty and how like when you come from a difficult start and a difficult upbringing, how like the smallest of things like can majorly trigger me. So for instance, like Imu does the NHS. He's um, from a very different background that me and him indoors are from. And he'll just have a shower for as long as he likes. (laughs) I just... I just, in my head, I'm just like, the water's going to run out. There's not going to be enough hot water. Uh, Why is he using so much hot water? You know, and it's a really normal thing, you know, because I'm very lucky I've got enough money to pay for the water. But there is something within me that is just like, get out of the shower, get out of the shower, get out of the fucking shower, get out of the fucking shower, get out of the fucking shower. There's something I want to talk about here on a really personal level, which is about survivor's guilt. And I'm not saying you're experiencing this. I'm saying that I have experienced this. Where when I did get my gaff and I did get enough money in my back pocket that I could buy the shop in, I had a bit of security that went beyond the next paycheck. You know what I mean? That I started to feel guilty that I survived. And it's something that I've had to speak about a lot in therapy because my relationship with self-care is really difficult because I don't feel like I deserve self-care because there are people who I grew up with who are no longer with us because... Because of the things that happened to us as kids, you know? And... um... There's one person in particular I always think about who's no longer with us, you know. And I always, uh, I I kind of feel guilty. I feel guilty for surviving. Mm. That's the truth. Yeah, I feel guilty for surviving. What can you do? You know, and there's, there's a side of me that's more overwhelming that comes over me and says... You deserve these things, like you deserve softness, it's okay that you survived, and sort of, um, sometimes I look, you know, like I wake up early in the morning and I have a wonder and I'll think on the internet and I'll be like, oh, what happened to that person? And they're just like, they're all in prison, bless them. They're all in prison for like really class-based crimes about trying to steal shit and rob people of shit, you know, and that's not me condoning that that life or the approach but I understand why because like we grew up with fuck all so it's um it's complicated I guess the big takeaway from here is I understand that's like cultural loneliness and you said you grew up in Greater Manchester so I'm assuming you might live nearby so why don't we go for a brew like if you fancy going for a cup of tea get in touch with the crew and we'll go for a cup of tea why not Stick with us because we've got white sauce, ketchup, frozen peas, Sarah issues, and Nat's long-lost holiday romance. And very soon, after the tone turns two. I know, two years of me sat here moaning, crying, laughing, burping. (laughs) And we want to mark that somehow this season. So if you've never picked up the blower, now might be your chance. I mean, birthdays, I feel very anxious about birthdays because I don't like announcing them or trying to organise something for them because I feel it makes me look like I'm after something. (laughs) 
<laughs> now, you might have a awful birthday story that I very much would like to hear. And also, I mean, I won't hold my breath, but you might have a nice birthday story to tell. Um, also, I would really like to speak to people who are older than the average age of the ATT callers. Uh, where are the ATT elders? Hmm? I want to hear from you. Pick up the blower and send us a voice note using WhatsApp to this number. Zero seven double eight. 200 3420 Right, dear listener. I have just received a parcel in the post. And it says on it, it's Debbie's handwriting. Do not open until you record an ATT on the 2nd of August. I mean, if this is a shit in a fucking Tupperware, I don't know what to do. Should I... I should I be opening this stuff? Anyway, here we go. Oh my god, what is that? <laughs> what is that? Okay. I'm looking at a tin of tuna and mayo. Plant-based protein snack. Tuna? How's tuna plant-based? Tuno. Tuno and mayo. Tuna. What is it? It's an alternative that's good for the world. In a fucking tin can! Anyway, I've got a letter. a card here that says sealed with a loving kiss. Oh, I'm sure it is. Anyway, here we go. I'm opening it. Oh, for fuck's sake. Someone's kissed it as well. Oh, God. I could get COVID from this fucking thing. Right. It's a picture of, <laughs> it's a, picture of a dog wearing an hat. And it says... Hi, Scotty. Producer Deb here. <laughs> I was mooching around Holland and Brat. There are other health stores available. Searching for penny offers. And I spied this delicious Bokken trick. <laughs> I've never seen such a thing before, but I know how modern you are and up with the latest trends. So I thought it might be up your alley. Fancy a sandwich? <laughs> Scotty, what are you having for your tea? Fuck off. Fake tuna in a can. What is this world coming to? (laughs) I tell you what, I thought it was hate mail. That's a shame. Now, remember, we are doing the best we can to keep the ATT pub open, and it's only made possible with the support of our patrons. Honestly, without you, we wouldn't have got this far, but the future is uncertain, and so in exchange for your support, you'll get backstage access to my show notes before the episode goes live, gossip, and calls that we couldn't fit in the show but really wanted to give space. Last week, lovely Elle from New York and I had a chat, and the Patreons dived in to discuss it. Uh, One Patreon, uh, Hello Simone in Leeds, even offered to meet Elle for a chat and a brew i mean we're all at it what other podcast will say to other people come on let's go for a cup of tea i mean there might be good reason for that. <laughs> honestly i love you lot this week i'm talking to ltl mtc long time listener many time caller jojo about crispy pancakes and ice cream so come join the vip lounge at patreon.com forward slash 
after the tone. Shout outs this week go to Nish, who is celebrating the women's football and being in queer bliss and coming out on socials to the extended family, feeling proud and inspired. Yes, actually, Nish, to all of this, 10 points. Well done. Good on you, babes. I hope that's been well received. Um, Also, I'd love to chat about the football, actually. I mean, I've got lots of thoughts on it coming from an Arsenal household. So if you want to talk about the women's football with me, please do get on the blow up. Right, let's get back to it because I've got other things to do with my life, uh, apparently. <laughs> Hiya, Scotty, producer Debs, Tim, Kat and Maya. How's it going? Hope you're all doing good. So I'm ringing because I've got a bit of an issue. So, and it, the issue is names, right? So my name is Sarah and uh, my girlfriend's name is also Sarah. Good for a little lesbian laugh. Uh, so that's all fine. No problem. Love that. But my brother, his fiance now, she's also called Sarah. So there's three Sarahs, all of whom I love, big fans, but a little bit confusing. But fine, because we've all got our own surnames. Apart from my brother's fiance wants to take his name. And in doing so, she's going to take my whole name, all of it, every bit of it, the wholeness of it. So like, okay, so imagine my name is Sarah Babylon. That, yeah, that's what I'm going. That's what I'm sticking with. So my name's Sarah Babylon. She's going to change her name from like Sarah Smith to become another Sarah Babylon. And I just, I just don't know if that's right. And I don't know what I can do about it. I don't think I can actually do anything about it. But, like, what can I do about it? Unless I make my Sarah a third Sarah Babylon. Or maybe, maybe I mean, at this point, maybe I just changed my name to Sarah Babylon. It's pretty good. I don't know. But, Scotty, as a one singular named human being, should I just go for a single name? And But, I mean, the single name of Sarah will be worth fucking nothing because everybody's called Sarah, as I've just demonstrated. Anyway, let me know. Let me know what you think. Bye. Oh, hello, Sarah Babylon. I mean, now you've said it, that is going to be your name in this room. <laughs> I really hope that you call again so I can always say, good evening, Sarah Babylon. Now, lovely Northeast accent on you there. Well done, 10 points. I think you're new in the room. So even more points for you there as well. Sarah and Sarah. Now, that is lovely that you are partnered with somebody also called Sarah, because then people will refer to you as the Sarahs or Sarah and Sarah. Lovely. Love that. Who is this infiltrator? Heterosexual as well. How disgusting. Coming round here, ruining the lesbian icons that you are. I'm only calling you lesbians because you said you were. The lesbian icons that you are, the Sarahs, coming here with, like, this third-hand Sarah. Now, an excellent point made, because my mum's also called Sarah. And um, my mum got called Sally quite a lot growing up. I, I don't know. Apparently, that used to be the abbreviation for Sarah. It's a lovely name. means princess, etc, etc. So, you know, it's, it's got a lovely history to it. I don't think it's you that should be changing your name. I think you, the Sarahs, should trial a sort of abbreviated name for the infiltrator heterosexual. Uh, you know, Hetty Sarah. <laughs> Sarah the Het. 
I'm, I'm making assumptions here that Sarah is ahead, but just because it goes with the narrative. So I think, you know, you could, you could enforce that it's not you that's having to not be Sarah Babylon. Because Sarah Babylon, as we know, it's a great name. Now, yes, you make an interesting point. Now, I am an anonymous, an anonymous person, which apparently means like you've got one name. And uh, it's a bit of a nightmare because whenever I check into a hotel, they're like, Scotty. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> and so I've developed a little catchphrase where I'm like, uh, just Scotty, like Jesus or Madonna. And uh, some clever people always say, well, Jesus' surname was Christ. And I'm like, no, no, it wasn't. He was called Jesus because, of course... Men from the Middle East at that time had Spanish names. <laughs> uh, and so sometimes I say Cher or Lulu, depending on the audience. Do you know what I mean? So um, it is a bit of a nightmare. It can be difficult to check into a hotel. Um, but maybe you could spell it a bit funny. You know, like Grinder is spelled a bit funny, isn't it? Well, call yourself Grinder. I mean, worse things have been called. This is sort of making me think of a more broad conversation here about people and their names. Like, I know people who are pals who have changed their name by Deep Pop because they don't like it. They don't feel like they suit their name. I'm very lucky that I quite like my name because my name's Scott, but everyone's called me Scotty from about the age of two because uh, my dad became my dad when I was two and he's Cockney and you either abbreviate someone's name or put Y on the end or in my case, EE. Um, and I'm just wondering, do other people like their given names? And I know, I think this could be an interesting conversation, particularly because we have a large contingent of gorgeous people who have got dead identities and uh, new names and chosen names. And I think the way that some people choose their names, sometimes uh, trans or people who have got new identities, um, change their name in consultation with parents, or they sort of choose something that was similar to an old name and an old identity or they choose something completely different I'm just I would love to have a conversation about names and identities because yeah it's a big decision to make isn't it because it's on literally everything and it is like the thing that you are known by and will go by for the rest of time Sarah Babylon I'm with Sarah Babylon actually I reckon you should google that and see if anyone else has got it hi Scotty so yeah I do put the ketchup in the fridge but yeah, when I think about it, I wouldn't want it to be cool when I ate it. So, so keeping it fresh, but I don't want chilled ketchup with my chips. And, um, yeah, I would, yeah, tea, that would be like an early evening snack for me. And I kind of associate tea with like being a bit younger, like a child, like tea time, like something around six. But now it would be like a, it would be a toast snack any time between four and six, I would say, tea. Okay, I'll leave that with you, thanks. I think this is going to be very triggering from people from the north. Hello, welcome into the room on many levels because... Him indoors, I've lived in a room for almost 20 years. Can you believe that? I've known somebody for 18 years. It's disgusting, really. It is absolutely disgusting. Now... He comes from Liverpool land and they say that, oh God, let me get this right in my head. Your tea is your dinner and your dinner is your lunch. And so because I've like been around that for the last 20 years, I wouldn't ever call my tea something that you have before bed. I think it's also quite a class thing because like I know posh people that say supper when they mean like something on a smaller plate. Do you know what I mean? Like picky bits. Do people still have supper? I think it feels like a very Victorian concept. 
I am quite perturbed by the idea of sauces kept in the fridge because you said it keeps them chilled, as if to say, like, if they weren't chilled, they'd go off. Does ketchup go off? Oh, I'm going to have to look this up because I can't abide to have listened to another call about ketchup. Ketchup does... does oh, how do you string a sentence together? Does ketchup need to be refrigerated? It's one of the top things. In terms of safety, there's no real need to refrigerate... That's a very big word for putting it in the fridge. Ketchup. Tomatoes and vinegar, the main components of ketchup, help preserve the condiment at room temperature due to the natural acidity. I win. Why are you people putting it in the fridge for no fucking reason? Do you know what I mean? I knew I was right all along. I'm, I'm technically a food scientist. Hi, Scottoon crew. It's be here again. Uh, or as I shall now be known, B-Day, which is a na- nickname I will gracefully accept. Although, in my defence, I'm not on the toilet this time. In terms of microwaving peas, how else does everybody else do it? Because that's the only way I've ever cooked them. Like, I've never had the fresh ones before. I only ever have the frozen ones. So, how else do you cook frozen peas? Like, I just put a little bit of water in a bowl with the peas and then microwave them for like two minutes or something and then they're done but yeah how else are you doing it is there some sort of posh method i'm missing out of anyway that's all i have to say today bye have i just gone into an alternative universe where people are putting ketchup in the fridge and they don't know how to cook peas is that's what i've resolved tim am i resigned to being like fucking what you call her what's her name you know her annoying Marcoave. Microwave it. Nigella Lawson. Is that who I am now? Am I... For fuck's sake. Okay. I'm going to say this once and once only. All right? Because I'm not a food technician. I don't have any desire to be... Um, I was going to say Graham Norton, but really what I wanted to say was Gordon Ramsay. That's the one. You put them on the stove. You know, you just put them in some water and they'll boil up. That's it. It's no, There's no posh piece about it. Frozen peas. Just put them on the side. Bit of water. Cook them up. Uh, that is literally all I've got. Hi, Scotty and the team. Becky from Dublin here. I know you're talking about comfort meals and things that cheer you up. Um, whenever I'm feeling down or whatever, I always turn to my mum and I ask her to make her mum's spaghetti. It's what we all call it. And it is dire. I don't think anyone who's ever tried it outside of my family have ever liked it. So it is spaghetti covered in a sauce and it's properly orange and because it is based on a white sauce a lot of white sauce with um tomato puree in it so it makes it a luminescent orange add a bit of Worcester sauce and salt and bob's your uncle not a appetizing meal but very comforting thanks now you said it doesn't sound appetizing but i I mean, I would have eaten it. If you had that on the TikTok-y, Instagram-y, flicky-flicky, people would be falling beside themselves. Do you remember that time where, like, during lockdown, it was just pasta central, where people were like, make pasta with vodka. I think people were just becoming so off their rocker. They were just being like, now I've got a new recipe. It's pasta with lemons and grapes. And you'd be like, really? And everyone would be like, yeah, you've got to try it. It's the best. I think maybe your mum is an influencer. I would, I would definitely eat it. Although the only thing I was really put off by is this idea of um, it's made with a sauce, <laughs> just just a sauce, which makes you go, mm, mm, 
do I want to know more? A sauce. One of my comfort foods is from being a child as tinned pasta. <laughs> Trigger warning, anyone of Italian heritage listening, maybe listen away for a moment. Tinned pasta, which is a very unique form of pasta, isn't it? Like tin ravioli and tin spaghetti and tin spaghetti hoops are just like, they're like, it's like mushy. That's all I can really describe it about with that sort of very loose version of a tomato sauce, like almost like a tomato's just gone, you know, like it's, it's, it's essence of tomato sauce. That on toast. Oh, ravioli on toast was a staple of mine until I met him indoors. Honestly, believe me. And uh, it's only then when you realize when you start to leave the house and you become a grown up human being, the strange things about like what your family do and eat, isn't it? More of this, I want to know your strange family quirks and like these sort of very niche <laughs> recipes that to anybody else is like the worst, but to you, like feels a place in your soul. Becky, lovely to have a dub in the room as well. It's been a while. Thanks so much for joining in. Hi, Scotty. Hi, uh, producer Debs, Tim, Katmire and the whole ACT crew. Uh, Snat here. I was listening... Obviously, to the first episode, obviously, because I listened to every fucking episode. Why else would I be calling in? Let's be honest. Oh, sorry, I've ju- I just made myself a cup of tea and I've had a sip and I clearly wasn't ready, was I? And don't worry, it is a good teak colour. So my holiday romance. Now this happened, I was 15. He was also 15, so it's fine, don't worry. And it was actually a school trip. And we were on, I think, what most people who have done GCSE history have done, which is the battlefields trip um, in northern France and Belgium. And I think if you if you ever if you if you've done any education in the UK, you will have probably learned about the Second World War. And if you did GCSE. You definitely learn about the Second World War because that's basically all they teach here. And anyway, and so this this uh, this lovely lad, I met him, and it was in the days before really social media. We're talking two thousand four, oh five. I think that's how we have to say it now. I don't know oh four oh five, and um, yeah, it was he was the one that got away for me. Yeah, he was the one that got away. Uh, we had a brief two-day romance, holiday romance, and then he went back to Birmingham. He went back to Sutton Coalfield, and I went back to Cambridgeshire, and uh, and that was that was the end of it. And we we kept in touch on MySpace, if you remember such a thing, and the old MSN Messenger. So then obviously things fizzled out, but I think I actually still have him on Facebook. Um, so I think I'm going to go have a little stalk and see if uh, what he's still doing. Um, despite the fact that I'm in a long-term relationship and I'm now, like, in my early 30s. Why not? Why not? Anyway, I hope you guys are well. I hope you enjoyed your holiday and you have another holiday coming up. Mm, very nice. Very good. I hope uh, you enjoy it all, despite the Brits being abroad. Anyway, much love to you all and speak soon, hopefully. All right, love you guys. Bye.
Oh, hi, Nat. Lovely to have you back. Now, trigger warning, when you said you were in your early 30s, now, I hope you take this in the right way, but just because of your dulcet tones and your, <laughs> your beautiful, very similar to me outlook on life, which is like, fuck everyone, I thought you were definitely older than that. It's interesting, isn't it? We have no idea. Well, I mean, used to, because I post myself all around the internet. You know what I look like. You know what I look like with less on as well. I've got no idea what you look like or how old you are or whatever. Just build up these pictures. Does anybody else do that? Do you build up pictures in your head of what these people look like? Anyway, just me. Battlefield trips. Wow, we really do know how to spoil teenagers. <laughs> 2004, 2005. Oh, delicious time for it. You know what I mean? It is the start of internet life, but not in the way that the children have to live with it right now. I used to fucking love the MSN and the the passive aggressive nature that you could be on MSN. Also as well with your top eight on MySpace. I would love to hear who was in your top eight. If there is any good top eight stories, get involved. That was the thing on MySpace for the youngsters who are listening to this and they're like, what are these old people on about? Essentially, if you imagine like your Instagram or your TikTok, you could choose your top favourite eight friends, right? And make them like attached to your profile. And it was very political, as you can imagine, because if you weren't in the top eight, well, it meant big things. (laughs) I had a holiday, well, I wouldn't say it was a romance, but I, I, I met these two people on holiday when I was like 15 and went to Gran Canaria. It's like our first foreign holiday uh, as a family. So my mum and then decided to take us to the equator, like one of the fucking hottest places on the planet. It was a great holiday. And from that, I got a pen pal from Wrexham and Durham. And I'd never met people with accents before. I mean, hilarious, because you never think you've got an accent. Well, I was just like, who are these people? (laughs) I wonder what they're doing now. Yeah. Anyway, Nat, lovely to have you. And that's it for another go on this weird merry-go-round of absolute freaks and weirdos. <laughs> Remember, without your calls, there is no show. That is a promise and a threat. So the number that you need to send a voice note to is in the description. So come on, it doesn't hurt. And whilst you're at it, why not press that subscribe button? And if your platform allows it, why not give us a review, please? That would be really nice. Please, could you do that? Please. Thank you very much. Find us on the internet for a gossip at After the Time POD. And of course, I'm at Scotty is Fat. From me, from the team, Debbie, Tim, Maya and Kat, we'll see you for another helping before you know it in a bit. See you later. Bye. After the Tone is presented by me, Scotty, produced by Debbie Colbride, vice producer Tim Bano, assistant producer Maya Miller-Lewis, digital producer Capriel. After the Tone is a Debbie production. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 